Thank you for listening to the Life Bringer Podcast. I hope you enjoy today's episode. something inside you've already been moving inside of us God I pray over the next few moments God that you would do something absolutely incredible Lord I I know and I've determined in my heart and I agree with this awakened student ministries worship team. We're determined tonight, God, that you're going to do something and you're going to change some lives tonight. Holy Spirit, you're going to break some chains and some bondages. People are going to be set free tonight, God, in the name of Jesus and under the power of the blood. On this Palm Sunday, Lord, we're quiet and we usher you in to the house. Holy Spirit, have your way among us tonight. But we stand in agreement and know something's about to happen and so we just for a moment stand in the quiet inviting you into every situation of our life inviting you into every problem every trouble everything that we've tried to figure out how to deal with on our own that we can't seem to do God we invite you in in this moment no more hiding moving us tonight, Father. Lord, I pray that you would anoint everybody under the sound of my voice. Lord, you've given us this beautiful room tonight to be able to worship you and lift up your name. And now, Father, I pray that we hear your heart through your word. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight tonight to you, to nobody else. Nobody else has to to care. I don't need accolades of anybody tonight but you. So let this please you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you say that in the name of Jesus? That's the name above every other name in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you give this Awakened Student Ministries team a hand? And y'all are awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. I love you. You may be seated. I had an awesome uh, experience. My wife and I spent some time uh, with some of the Princeton family several weeks ago on a marriage retreat. And uh, I think some of that crowd's here tonight. So it's exciting to see you again. We love you. This is an anointed group of people. I told Pastor Darren, I said, every one of those girls on that stage is full of talent. You realize four different individuals opened their mouth, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Amen? He worshiping. I appreciate uh, Pastor Darren and Rhonda. They're great friends of my wife and I. Uh, We so love you guys dearly and appreciate y'all. I appreciate the invitation tonight. Pastor Ethan and Sam, we love you guys. Don't know you all that well, but it's been a pleasure already meeting you. And we appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight. Um, 
Things are going to be a little different maybe than you've uh, seen before. First of all, just to calm your nerves, there's nobody in the casket. Because from this point forward, you would hear nothing else I have to say if I didn't tell you that. There's nobody in the casket. I want to deal with a couple, well, really five, kind of hot topics tonight. I'm not going to pretend like they're not going to make you uncomfortable. Parents, if you've got small kids in the room, I do have small kids, so I know how to have a filter. But I've also been sent on a very important mandate. Several weeks ago, I struggled on what the Lord would want me to bring tonight. I battled my own flesh, my own emotions. And, and I was laying in the bed a couple weeks back and just praying. I couldn't go to sleep. And I said, Lord, you know, we got this service coming up and I have no clue what I'm going to preach. It would be great if you would begin to give me some insight on that. It's midnight, okay? I'm ready to go to sleep. Remember, I'm trying to pray myself to sleep. And it's like all of a sudden... The Lord just starts revealing this to me, and I can almost see it playing out. And so that night, I knew what it was that I was supposed to bring to you tonight. And so some of this is going to get uncomfortable. Some of it's not going to be all that fun. Some of it's going to be, um, I don't know, you're going to be like, did he really say that? Maybe. I'm known to do that, just so you know. That's funny. I tend to say things I told Pastor a minute ago when you, well, you said something earlier, Ethan. and I said, I like him. He says what's on his mind. So do I, but often it gets me in trouble, especially from the pulpit. I want to deal with a couple major things tonight, and then I promise I'm going somewhere. These guys are awesome. They're part of our church in Fayetteville, and they agreed to stand here and look beautiful while I stand here and talk to you promise we're headed somewhere. There's some real issues that are facing us today. You agree? Somebody say yeah. And so tonight I want to bring this thought that if I've got a title that we would put on it, you would be great if you would look at somebody beside you and just tell them, get up. Get up. That really doesn't mean a whole lot to you right now. Maybe it does. But I hope that in the next few moments, by the time we get to the end of this conversation, there's going to be a whole lot more power in those two words in a few minutes. So I'll just jump right in and we'll look at some of this. There are things that we're dealing with on a daily basis that put us in this casket. First of all, we deal with addiction. And maybe, I mean, it, you're a beautiful group of people. We got a bunch of church folks in the house. And so you're thinking, why are you even talking about addiction? Maybe you're not addicted to heroin. Maybe you're not a drunk or an alcoholic. Maybe you, maybe you are. Thank you, Lord, that you're here tonight. But we've got another issue that your culture is facing that nobody else has ever faced before. You have anything that you could possibly ever want to see or do at your fingertips. You with me? 
Studies literally have shown that the very screen itself is addictive. Okay? We're battling with addictions. We're battling with, with sexual addictions. We're battling with, with a pornography addiction. We're battling with, with, with some drug addictions. We're battling with dabbling in some alcohol addictions. And I'm telling you tonight that addiction is putting some of you in this casket. And if maybe the addiction's not enough because... Maybe it's not that it's a full-blown, maybe you want to be nice about it, I'm not addicted. Maybe it's more along the lines of lust. I told you, I'm going to be real. Can I be real? If I don't ever preach another youth service, this one's going to be the best, okay? I'm going to be real. We're dealing with lust. Did you know lust didn't start with me and you? Did you know that the children of Israel way back when God led them out of Egypt, did you know that it was lust, specifically sexual lust, that led them back into slavery and brought people back against them? God freed them, but it was their lust problem that caused them to fall. Pastor, I ain't got a problem. Good. I'm thankful that you don't. Do you realize you would be like 0.2% of our human population that doesn't? Can I just be real? Quit pretending like you don't have a problem. I don't have a porn addiction, no. But my friend, TikTok for you is about as bad. But we're church folks, and we're youth group kids, so that's not really a problem because it's TikTok, and it's not some triple X website, but it's the same thing. We okay? And I'm filtering. We've got a lust problem, and it's putting you in the casket. I've not rehearsed this, so if they start falling or they start doing something crazy, my pallbearers are going to take care of it. We've got a deception problem. Everybody in this room has got a desire at some point in time to be somebody that you're not. Everybody, Mitchell included. Can we be real? I had to learn a long time ago. I asked Michael, what am I supposed to wear tonight? You know what I did? Wore the same thing I'd wear anywhere else I'm preaching tonight because I've learned I got to be me. But in reality, we all want to be something that we're not. And we're all saying that we're something that we're not. How do I know? Well, we've got fake social accounts, Right? We got spam TikTok accounts because we don't want anybody to find the real us, right? You don't want nobody to see. You would hate for those people at a church house to see who you might really want to be when there's no filters on. We okay? <laughs> you sure? It ain't going to last long, I promise. I'm almost halfway done. We're deceived. Here's the real problem. Satan is the master deceiver, and he has us so deceived that we think we're Christians and we think we're on the way to heaven, but our deception is sending us straight to hell. We think that because we show up, 
or we're convinced, and I'm not, maybe you really truly do believe you're okay. I'm just here to wake you up and say you're not okay. Because if you're living any kind of life of deception, you're not okay. If there's anything in your life you're having to hide other than the gospel, you're not okay. And you need to be told. Satan is deceiving you to make you think you've got it together. He's deceiving you. Yeah, God's grace covers a multitude of sin. It covers it all. Family, it does cover sin, but sin with repentance. You cannot be deceived and think you're on your way to heaven when you're living a life of sin. You with me? You sure? Raw and real, I told you. And then... Not only is the deception putting you in the casket, but we've got selfishness. You live in the most self-centered generation that's ever existed. You gotta eye everything. I, I'm an Apple guy. But we're to the point that they're naming devices. Are you with me? And we're flooding the internet with pictures of ourself. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't do that. Because none of y'all want to see the internet flooded with pictures of me. Right? Nobody said amen. We're selfish. We want things how we want them, when we want them. We don't like it when we don't get what we want. And here we are living in this selfish, this selfish place. It's all about us. It's all about who can I take out. It's about which movement I want to be a part of. It's all about who, who's going to win, whether, I, and I'm, uh, It ain't about BLM, and it's not about, L, about the LGBTQ and ever how many letters we're going to end up putting behind that. That's selfish. It ain't about me. You with me? I can't identify myself with any movement and it be about the other person. Because when I identify with one particular race and, and I'm going to take a stand with that race, that means I do not like the other person. Or, or maybe we don't go to dislike, but maybe, maybe it's just the fact I think that I'm putting myself above that other person. You with me? And I came to this realization the other day, how in the world can we possibly be, be operating? Jesus said that if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, then you would serve. You, you would drop down and be the lowest and the least of these, and you would serve. Jesus himself said, I came to serve. You with me? So I just, I just wondered how, if my brother, if I'm on my knees and I'm humbly serving my brother, how in the world could I possibly be selfish? If he's above me, BLM don't matter. It don't matter what color we are. It don't matter what we look like. It don't matter what he smells like. Because I am now beneath him. I'm serving him. My purpose is to humbly give a hand up and do everything I can to serve my brother. You with me? The realization was you can't be selfless and racist at the same time. Huh? But we're selfish. We're selfish. And selfishness is putting us in the casket. 
lastly. Somebody in the room tonight is so angry at the world, we don't know how to function. They're moving because I told them to. They're awesomely obedient. They were paying attention to you. Somebody in the room tonight, you've been hurt so bad that the only way you know how to act is out of anger. And everybody that says something to you that's not quite right, you're lashing out because you're hurt. You would never admit that because that would show weakness. But your internal fight or flight mentality in the fight or flight stance, you ever heard of that before? That means when you're, you're faced with the opposition, when you're faced with a problem, I either got a choice. Either my dude bows up at me, either I run or I stand up and I fight. You with me? And our way of dealing with the anger, our, day, our way of dealing with the bitterness, you've been cussed at, you've been fussed at, you've been told you're no good, you've been told that you, you've been bullied, you've been told you'll never amount to anything, you've been told all this trash that is straight deception from Satan, and you've been told that, and now you're full of anger. And unfortunately, that anger is driving you to a place where you're acting out in sin. You don't care about anybody or anything else because you're angry. I didn't come up with this all on my own. The Apostle Paul actually did. So I ain't going to try to pretend like it's my words tonight. But I want to read this to you. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 19, it says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. You with me so far? He's talking to a church. You with me so far? He's talking to the youth groups. He's talking to the congregation. He's talking to the pastors of the churches. You with me so far? When you act in your sinful nature, the results are very clear. You know why? Because there's sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension. Lord, have mercy. Have we ever been a more divided group of people? Where does it come from? Paul said, when you're acting out on your selfish nature, your selfish, your, your selfish best self, then, then this is the results. Selfish ambition and dissension. Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Family, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived tonight. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done for the kingdom of God. I don't care, care how good you have it together. I don't care that you're the straight A all-star student. I don't care that you're the model parent that has it all together. Paul said when he's talking to this church, he said, let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because you're dead and in the casket. Addiction, lust, deception, selfishness, and anger, and so many other things are putting you in a casket. That's all the heavy stuff. Take a deep breath. So here's what I really come to tell you tonight. You with me? I come to tell you about a man named Jesus. Huh. 
about a man named Jesus. There's a story that Luke records in his gospel in chapter 7. Jesus and the disciples, don't get me started on the crowd. I preached on the crowd this morning. The church is the crowd, and we got some problems, family. We ain't talking about the crowd. They're passing through, and there's this widow lady from a place called Nain. And there's a funeral procession. And the pallbearers are pushing along the casket, and there's a dead son. The Bible says that it was her one and only son laid up in the casket, dead. They're already to the point they've made it out of town. The pallbearers are doing a great job as they're, they're carrying, they're escorting the casket. There's mourners that are following. That, that poor widow woman is following her baby. She's sobbing, my, my baby's dead. I've lost my only son. She has nobody. You realize that? She's a widow. That means her husband's already dead and gone, and now son is dead. This lady has nothing without a male in her life in that time. Okay? Jesus walks up. <laughs> he touches the casket. They stop. He looks at the boy. He says, in Luke chapter 7, 14 he walked over to the coffin he touched it the bears stopped he said young man wait a minute young man he's dead because he's been defined by his anger that, that dude's dead he's been defined by his selfishness he ain't no good he's dead everybody else sees a dead man the mourners have already put him in the ground you with me there's people in your life that have already sealed the coffin on you. They've already determined you're no good. You'll never be any good. This is what defines you. Some of you have already sealed the coffin on yourself. Because your deception has put you in this deep, dark hole of depression and anxiety and your lust when nobody else is awake in the middle of the night or when everybody leaves the house your lust has got you doing some things you ain't got no business doing it's got you thinking some things guys can I tell you something scientifically proven if you see an image you'll never forget it I don't know about the ladies I'm not a girl I know who I am God created me to be a male praise Jesus and I'm a male and I'm created in a way that when I open myself up and I don't filter what comes in, it's there forever. I don't like it because weeks like this week when I knew I had to preach this sermon, all hell broke loose against me. And you know what comes up? The trash I had let in at some point in time in my life. Because Satan, the ultimate deceiver, likes to bring back up the junk of your life, the junk of your past. I'm telling you, men, young men, boys, stand up and filter. Sidebar. Addiction has defined you and has put you in the casket. And everybody says it's done. Go have the funeral. It's over. Jesus said, young man. Somebody said, get up. He said, young man, get up. Your Bible says, depending on what translation you got, 
It says that the dead boy doesn't say the boy that was alive. It said the dead boy. He was dead. There's no if and buts about it. The dude was dead. Okay? You with me? Somebody say he's dead. Because sin is death. There's no way around it. If you're in any of these roles, you are dead. Okay? He's dead. Jesus said, young man, get up. The dead boy sat up and started talking. Sat up and started talking. You know what's so cool? The Lord showed me this while I was running to the bathroom for the 15th time earlier. The Bible says, I sweated all four of those bottles of water at this point. He said that Jesus presented the young man back to his mother. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. He was dead. You with me? Dead. I don't know what killed him, but I know what's killing you. Okay? He was dead. God's grace is displayed on the fact that when that boy rose up and he started talking, yeah, he brought life back to him. But not only did he bring life back, but he presented him back to his mother. What does that have to do with anything? For me, here's what it has to do with. Your sin, your struggle, your life has really messed some of you up. You think you'll never recover. You think you're no good. You think you're worthless. You think you'll never amount to anything. You think, girls, that no guy's going to ever have anything to do with you. Wrong. Because after he tells you to get up, he's going to present you back in the state you were before you died. Did you hear what I said? I'm not defined by the death anymore. I'm not defined by this casket, this coffin anymore. I'm now defined. I'm handed back to my mama the way that I was in the beginning, an innocent child, blameless in the sight. You with me? I said, get up. I don't care who's carrying your casket. I don't care what sin it is that's holding you in the casket. I don't care who it is that's already celebrating your death. You say, they ain't celebrating their mourning. They were hired in this day to mourn the lost. We had a conversation at lunch today. Did they not think they could cry enough over the person on their own? Did they have to hire somebody else? They're celebrating the death. I'm telling you, you're not defined by any of that trash. None of it. I don't care whether you're a baby in the house, whether you're a mature Christian, whether you think you're a mature Christian that's fallen flat on their face, you're not defined by any of the trash. Thank you guys so much for your help tonight. You can go back to your seats. Here's the deal. I want to tell you a story. I couldn't decide if I was going to tell you or not. 
I want to tell you a story about a young man. Grew up his whole life in church. Some of y'all think us Church of God folks are strict. Y'all think us Church of God folks. But the line, this young man grew up even more strict than we are. Grew up, he became a cop. After he became a pastor. Pastor, cop, husband, daddy. Thought he had life all together. One day he quit praying. Quit praying. See, the deception is this, family. It doesn't have to be some major, huge, historical landmark event that drives you away from God. Chances are it's not going to be. Chances are you don't even realize you've drifted. You with me? And it all started because he stopped praying. It's led to some trash. Young man was a chaplain, certified under me. His brother's a pastor, his brother's a chaplain. Started with listening to some music. You have no idea what you're letting in when you start letting in some trash music. I get that some Christian music and some worship music is boring. I get it. But I'm telling you, you're letting some trash in. That's not the point here tonight. He started smoking. And all this is taking place and he's hiding it. And what happens in October last year was it's revealed that the pastor the cop the husband the dad of two and one on the way is to a place of deception that he's having an affair on his wife you think I'm not married it's not a problem yeah it is because if you're participating in sexual activity right now and you're not married that's wrong I don't care what kind it is it's wrong don't be deceived because the master deceiver would want you to believe it's okay it's wrong and affair on his wife he got caught he was in a spiral he's depressed he's isolated because when we get in the coffin we're isolated there's not room but for one in here you with me He's isolated. He's ashamed. He finally reaches out to the church that he's a co-pastor of, to the pastor to look for some healing, confess. The church says you're not allowed back on the property. Three days, three days after Thanksgiving, 
my cousin took his own life. Done, gone. Just what I know that he didn't know. First of all, there's somebody in the room tonight and you've contemplated suicide. I promise the room, there's this many people in the room, there's somebody. Chances are there's more than one, way more than one. But he didn't know. So we shut the door to this coffin. It's dark. Okay? It's dark in this box right now. You with me? Dark is dark. Okay? It doesn't matter if this is an 18 to 24 inch deep hole or whether it's a 75 foot hole. Dark is dark. You agree? And what, what I wish, why are you telling us all this? Because I didn't tell him. I didn't stop it. He's in a hole that's dark, that's only 18 inches deep, but he feels like it's an eternity deep. All he needed was somebody to open the lid and he could realize this hole's nowhere near as dark as I think it is. James says, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. Why does it tell us that? Because we all messed up. We all have problems. You're not the only one in a casket. You're not the only one that's done living life. You're not the only one bound to an addiction. You're not the only one who's messed up and gives something away that you can't get back. You're not the only one who's in a hole of depression and you've isolated. I'm telling you, you're not by yourself. Satan has convinced you and he's closed the lid, making you think that hole goes all the way to hell. That's a lie. I just came by tonight to open the lid, tell you, young man, young lady, get up. You ain't got to stay there. You ain't got to stay there. Jesus didn't come for the crowd. He didn't come for the righteous. He came to save those that were sinners. And we're all messed up. We all got problems. Mitchell was in the casket at one point in time in life. Pastor Darren, Pastor Ethan, every person in this room was at one point in time in the casket. Get up. Would you stand with me? what I decided about my cousin's story. His wife is in agreement with me. I would never share his story without her telling me I could share his story. I'm the guy that's telling you if nobody else ever tells you, it 
don't have to end like it is right now. You don't have to stay in the casket. You don't have to. It's a funeral procession that's on its way to put my dude in the ground. He's about to be gone. You ain't got to stay in the casket. Jesus is saying tonight, son, daughter, get up. Get up. I don't know what your deal is tonight. I don't know what you're struggling with. I know you're struggling. And I already told you, I know God wants to do something. But it requires you being willing. Jesus said, get up. He could have said, get up. The young man could have stayed in the casket dead, eyes closed, and never lifted his head. He says he sat up and started talking. So I'm just telling you, you ain't got to stay in the casket. It's up to you. That's a dark, dark place. I've been there. I know how dark it is. I've been to the point that my first cousin was in. I know how dark it is. I know what it's like to feel like there's no light, there's no way out. If everybody finds out what's taking place, you know what kept him in the dark? You know what kept him in that place? You know what reality I believe he came to? That people could mourn his death easier than they could mourn his character fail. You realize that's a lie? You realize we'll never stop mourning his loss? He had a moral failure. Okay, get over it. Everybody would be, it, we could have moved past it almost already by now. You're never so deep. You're never so dirty. You're never so dead that you can't come out of the casket. There's a song that's beautiful. It says, there's nothing too dirty that he can't make worthy. So whatever it is tonight, I'm telling you, get up. I'm going to pray. And in a moment, I'm going to say the same two words that we started off laughing, shutting up about when I started. And when I say them this time, I'm saying them with some authority to you. You need to get up. Father, Lord, I've done my best to communicate this word that you've birthed inside of me. God, I've tried my best and I've given my all under the power of your anointing, Lord, to 
to communicate this effectively. Lord, my heart tonight is so heavy and it's so broken for those that are stuck in the casket, those that are bound to addiction, those that, that are so hurt, they don't know how to do anything but lash out at other people. God, my heart is so broken for the selfish tonight that they just need the attention. Lord, the, the young ladies that are showing way too much of everything all because they're starving for the attention. God, my heart is so broken for the young men tonight who don't feel like they're enough, who they can't add up to be enough. They don't feel like they're man enough. God, I'm here tonight to determine they are enough. My heart is broken for those in the casket tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way and begin to move in here. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, God. Thank you. 